Are we doing this? Really? Wait for it. Are we doing this? Wait for it. Ow! What the fuck? WTF. And it's also, eh, what the fuck? What's wrong with me? It's time for WTF. What the fuck? With Mark Marin. Okay, let's do this. Oh, shit, what the fuckers? How's it going? What the fuck, buddies? I think I'm losing what the fucking ears. Let me set a stage for you out here because things are a little different out here in the garage up here at the Cat Ranch in the hills of the barrio of Highland Park. I've taken to burning some Nog Champa when I do my show. So I got some Nog Champa going. I got a little smell, you know, the nice incense. Uh, I'm doing it in the morning these days for some reason. I get up, I get out of bed. As you know, I pee off the deck to feel free. And I'm wearing my Howling Wolf sleep pants from Target. I some I need to have sleep pants now because I have, and thank you for the emailer, uh, I neglected to get your name, but somebody has helped me in my problem with what to call the woman who lives in my house, who is now has a problem with me calling her woman who lives in my house because she thinks that makes her sound like an old lady. And I was I was I didn't want to call her my roommate. And someone suggested that we are not sharing a room, so she is my housemate. So I have to wear something around the house. It's getting a little a little dicey in the sense that, you know, I, at some point I'm going to yeah, I'm going to get caught naked. But that's part of what being in, in a housemate uh, situation is about. Sometimes you're going to get caught naked in your housemate's room watching her sleep. I don't really do that. But I got these uh, these howling wolf sweet pants, these flannel sweet pants at Target that just have a bunch of uh, little howling wolves on them. Literally howling wolves, not uh, black blue singers with horn rim glasses, but actual howling wolves. Though I'd sort of like to get the pants with the uh, the blue singer on them. That would be a little weird. Anyway, so I got the Nog Champa going. I got my Howling Wolf sweet pants on. I got my fleece on, my North Gate, my North, whatever it is, North Face fleece, and uh, a little um, sort of dock worker stocking cap. And I'm, I'm bunkered in out here doing the big work. A couple of things I want to give you a heads up to before I get into the show proper, as, I, as I'd like to call it now, the show proper. This isn't the show proper. This is the leading into the show. A couple of things. I feel pretty fucking good today. And I know that might scare some of you, but I don't know what the hell happened last night that made me feel better. And I, I'd, I'd like to just think it's because I'm evolving as a person. But then I started to think uh, my friend Antonia gave me this stuff called Bio-K I don't, and she, because she said it's going to make me not get sick. And Bio-K, it's like a yogurty thing. It, it's got live cultures in it. It's immune system support or some shit. I don't know what it is. Maybe it had nothing to do with anything, but it may. I, I think those bugs are making me feel better in my guts. I got bugs in my guts for good things. That's a poem. I got bugs in my guts for good things. Okay, heads up. Here's what I want to tell you. Starting to put some video up on WTFpod.com. We got Maria Bamford from one of the live shows. We got Jimmy Pardo up there. I believe Jeff Garland is going up. So there is video to be watched at WTFpod.com. And the shirts are starting to go. Thank you for supporting Nerdcock, the idea, the T-shirt, and the WTF shirts. And I also want to apologize to some people. I, I am not an organized person. Uh, I'm, I'm choosing to do everything myself because I want to have you know control over what goes out and my interaction with you people and the T-shirts. But it's a little overwhelming, and I'm not very good at it. I apologize if there's been some delays with the subscriber T-shirts. But they're on the way, and if you have not got yours, please tell me. Just write me. 
And the emails, we're going to do an email show. They're starting to stack up. I know, I'm reading them. I can't, I don't, I only have so much of me to go around and my day is consumed with doing this and, and responding to your emails. I, I'm trying to respond to them and I will do a full email show uh, very shortly. This one came today. Hey, Mark, love your podcast and share your general discomfort with being conscious. Just wanted to say how great it is to know that others are out there have a piece of nicotine gum or a lozenge in their mouth at all times. I have absolutely no idea how much nicotine is coursing through my body at any given point, yet I am proud of not smoking. It's odd. Anyways, keep up the good work. Tyler, I deal with that every day. I have no idea how much nicotine I have in my body. I think I want to get free of it. I want to get free of the coffee. I want to get free of the nicotine and just do a cleanse. I'm trying to do a cleanse. I mean, I keep steaming vegetables. I keep buying vegetables at the farmer's market buy a big batch of vegetables, steam them up, make some brown rice. I have oatmeal in the morning that I'll do that for lunch and I'll feel clean as fuck. And then I don't know what the fuck happens. Somewhere around 10, 30, 11 at night, I, I say, hey, maybe my housemate, Stosh, wants some ice cream. So I'll buy two ice creams and I say, look, I got you ice cream. She'll go, that's great. And then I'll eat both of them. I don't know. It's it's not my, it, you know, I'll get on it. I've gotten on it before. I, I only get, I, I have a, a very deep fear as I get older of becoming pear-shaped. So I try, you know, I'll panic and I'll just, I'll become anorexic for a while, for like a month and lose a bunch of weight. And then Ann, a fan, sent some brownies yesterday. What the fuck am I supposed to do with that? But I don't say that, you know, I don't say, I get the brownies and there's that moment like, oh, they're so good. Hell yeah, I'm going to eat, oh, fuck anyways you know this is not important these are not issues we need to be talking about i maybe i'm feeling good because i've been doing some haiti benefits i've done four haiti benefits okay granted only one of them was organized okay i've been doing some haiti benefits on my own uh like uh yesterday i had breakfast for haiti which is uh, i i made a deal with myself to donate one dollar for every bowl of cereal I ate for breakfast, I ended up eating a bowl and a half. So that was $1.50 to Haiti yesterday morning. And then yesterday afternoon, I organized the Go to the Gym for Haiti event, uh, which involved me. And I went to the gym and I made a deal with myself to give 80 cents for every mile that I run on the treadmill. So that was four miles. So that was $3.20. Plus a dollar fifty. I'm not trivializing this. These are these are events that I so that you know that a little bit of money went to Haiti just from the benefits that I organized, and then I went to an actual uh, benefit that was organized by somebody else at the Improv with Margaret Cho and some other people and the Conan Riders, and I don't know how much we raised for that. All I know is that when I run the benefit myself at home, I know where the money's going and how much is going, and I I'm not taking anything off the top. When I make a promise, I send it. I don't want to trivialize the event. I also think that, and then this may be very wrong-minded because culturally, it's very, it's it's very sad what's happened in Haiti, and it's very sad that people in this country, especially in Hollywood, uh, you, know, you know, benefits become a trend. They they become a way of advertising. I'm not clear how much money goes anywhere, but there are benefits happening right now down the street. I'm sure there's a benefit going on that, and then people need to associate themselves. With the uh, with the with with the with the idea of of donating money to Haiti, that I don't know that people are really associated or empathizing necessarily with the Haitian people and what they're going through, but certainly in a in a selfish, 
culture that we live in, given the opportunity to be part of a collective event that seems to connote some conscience and empathy, people will jump right on having never thought about Haiti before or never thought about their neighbor before or never thought about the dire straits that this country is in before or never thought about public health care or never thought about anything. But once an event that that is deemed good by the world becomes trendy, all of a sudden everybody is empathetic. All of a sudden everybody has a heart. I, I'm not judging it. I believe that charity is good. I, 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 my heart goes out to, what's, uh, to, to the pain that people are going through there, and they've had pain before. I mean, on some level, uh, if there is a God, uh, and I'm not saying there is, I don't know, man, but the, the, you know, now Haiti's the earthquake place, which you know, they are now defined by that tragedy, which I think if you look at the tragedy they have been defined by in this ignorant culture that we live in, I mean, for about 30 years, Haiti was the place that gave AIDS to the world. And now they're, you know, I, I, maybe God in some weird silver lining is, is, has, has cut them a break. Now they're the earthquake place, which is horrible, but they're no longer the place that gave the world AIDS. That's cynical and satirical, and I hope you don't take it the wrong way. Donate what you can. I uh, I almost killed a, a couple of Mexican fellas uh, down at the bottom of my hill the other night, and I, I want to share this for a couple reasons. Because I'm not a hard man. I I don't I I'm not hard. I'm not. Uh, I don't have a game face. I'm not. Uh, y- you know, I'm not a killer. Or I don't have pimp eye or or gas eye or 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 evil eye. I can do that. But I mean, you know, when the when the cards are down and things get hairy, I, I probably shit my pants. Speaking of that, hold on. Pow! I did just shit my pants. Justcoffee.coop is fair trade coffee and available at WTFPod.com. So here's what happens. The reason, there's a couple of things that I want to explore here in the sense that I was driving, I almost hit them with my car, a couple of gangbangy looking guys, and that's me prejudging because I live in a barrio and these guys were young, it was the middle of the night, they were walking in the street, I'm driving down the street, my hill, I'm driving down the hill at night, minding my own business, texting, and I look up and I'm, I'm literally hitting these guys. These two kids, they're, they're about, you know, you know, 18, 15, 20. I don't know how old they are, but it's night and they just came out of nowhere. Two Mexican guys. And all of a sudden I'm stopping short a foot away from them and they did not flinch. Literally, I, I, I almost killed them and they just gave me the stink eye, the gas face, whatever you want. They just, it looked like they were going to kick my car's ass. And I thought about myself in that same situation. I was driving away and of course, I was thinking, fuck, that was bad. And I feel bad. I shouldn't be texting. And I've talked about that before. Uh, now they, those guys, what if they're bad guys and they, they see my car? Now they know where I lived and they're going to, you know, go do something to my car. Or they're going to make me pay for my, uh, my, uh, my stupid act, my carelessness, you know, because they look like that kind of guy. Then I realized I was being racist and what, what's the hell the big deal? Accidents happen, but I didn't hit him. And, you know, maybe I should deal with some of that fear and whatever. I, it, I spiraled and, and I pulled it together and everything's fine. But I realized if that had happened to me, I would be like, holy fuck, what the f-? I would freak out. I would I would have that moment of fear. Then I started thinking about that moment, you know, when you get caught off guard. I think that's really who you see who you are, you know, as a man. 
uh, in those moments where you're caught off guard or shocked or somebody walks in and you don't see them or you turn around, there's somebody there, you almost get hit. You know, it, it's what happens, what comes out of your heart and soul at that moment. Like if you go, ah, like that. Like, like, I don't know if, you, if you're one of those guys where you get scared and all of a sudden you hear yourself do some girly, horrible, feminine scream. Uh, and, and, and that it's in front of a girl, that's even worse. But that's, that's who you are. You know, say hello to that guy. The, whoever comes out in that moment of fear, that's, that's really the core of what you are. And I know that those guys are harder at the core than me because I would have shit my pants and, and, and maybe cried and had to sit down at the curb. Glad y'all enjoyed the John Oliver New York stand-up show that I was on. It wasn't me, though. It was a gentleman named Mark Marin, spelled with a K, M-A-R-K-M-A-R-O-N. That fucked me up for a few hours. Ugh. I couldn't believe that. My name was misspelled on the television, on the show, on the Comedy Central. I mean, I came in seventh in the stand-up showdown. Thank you for your support. And now they can't get my name right on that. So I, I mean, that's one of those things where I had to learn how to deal with shit like that. There was nothing I could do about it at that moment. It made me look like an asshole. It made them look even worse, the producers of the show. But there's part of me that just, like, I would have hung on to that in my mind for, for days, just like, God damn it, how, now they took away my identity. Who the hell is M-A-R-K? Not that I haven't dealt with that all my life, but I would have festered about it. But now, by some gift of grace or humility, I don't fucking know. Maybe it's just because I don't have the energy to do it anymore. I will not freak out for very long if I have no control over that situation. Because then I'm just doing it to entertain myself and make myself feel like shit and beat the shit out of myself. And, and you know, that's how I use my imagination. No more. No more of that. That's, that makes me feel better. Super Bowls this Sunday. I don't give a fuck. I don't know why. I just don't. Wasn't wired that way. Sorry. I hope your team wins. Oh, a little follow up on the uh, comic book show from last week. Or uh, from on, uh, yeah, last week. I'm reading this Kafka book. It's a biography of Kafka, illustrated by Robert Crumb, written by David Zane Marowitz that I got up at Fantagraphics and it is spectacular. I wish Robert Crumb would illustrate everything. I got the book of Genesis illustrated by Robert Crumb. Beautiful. I didn't know a lot about Kafka. I think I read him once when I was in college, but man, I want to read it some more. It's a beautiful book. I'm enjoying that. I'm feeling like I'm going to start getting into art again. Like there was a time where I really had uh, a lot of... Uh, I was into photography, painting, poetry, film. It used to be my life doing theater. It's all coming back. Just I, I'm going to do it just so I can talk about it with you guys. How many Best Picture nominations are there going to be? Ten Best Picture nominations? Who gives a shit about this thing anymore? It was already a fix, but now there's ten? Why don't they just start adding movies that lose? That, that Why don't they just start adding films that didn't make the cut last year, that didn't win anything? Just, just add them on. Why don't we make it 30 or 40? Go back 10 years and just throw movies in. Jesus Christ. 10? What did I see? I saw Avatar because I had to because you made me. The Blind Side I did not see. I'd like to see because I like to cry in movies. District 9 I didn't see. I, didn't, I wasn't interested. An education I have in there in the house uh, that I could watch. The Hurt Locker I loved. Inglorious Bastards was okay. Some good moments. Precious, I liked a lot. A Serious Man, loved it. Up, did not see Up. Up in the Air, saw it like four times. I liked it. I would like to see The Hurt Locker win, to be quite honest with you. Serious Man, though, I liked a lot. Not for everybody. Best Director, hmm. I don't know. 
I don't know what to do with that. You got Avatar, you got the Hurt Locker, you got Inglorious Bastards, Precious up in the air. Jason Reitman, Lee Daniels, Quentin Tarantino, Catherine Bigelow, James Cameron. I, in my mind, just I just say fuck James Cameron because he's uh, entirely too successful, groundbreaking, and also incredibly mediocre. Let's let's put a half a billion dollars into technology to placate the morons into thinking that everything's okay. How about send about $250 million to Haiti? Just how about that? There's a three-dimensional problem with real people in a real broken treehouse. Jeff Bridges, crazy heart, actor in a leading role. Give it to him. Enough already. The guy's a fucking American hero and an unsung American hero of acting. Great actor. Give him one. That's what I'm going with. So anyways, we got a great show today. I believe we do. John Caparulo. John Caparulo is going to be in the garage here. I don't know John that well. We uh, tend to work at the Comedy Store a lot together. I I didn't know him until not too long ago, but he's definitely a thing. Caparulo's got his own thing. Yeah, that's Caparulo. That's my Caparulo impression. I do sound-based impressions. Brennan, we did that because I get closer on it. We did. Um, That's good. We did. We did this. Um, it's called South Point in Las yeah. Vegas. Yeah. And uh, I was there, and after the after the show, like I, I, this girl came up to me, like she waited to the end of the line, like you know, because I was taking pictures with everybody and stuff, and she she comes up, and I mean, she's a pretty smoking hot chick. I right. mean, very. Somehow, this body of hers is making her money. Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's this, this isn't by accident. Right, but, okay. Uh, but I look down, and she's got, like, you know, like a tank top. And I, I look, cause, and there's a tattoo on her on her boob. And I'm like, I I, I was like, oh, what's, what's that? And she's like, oh, that's a mistake. I don't want to, you know, and I'm like... I, and I just, I couldn't, you know, I was like, that just completely ended it for me. Because I'm just like, there's another dude's <laughs> name on your tit? I mean, like, that's really, like, I mean, I was telling Neil, like, after, because, I mean, I did let her go, and then I'm regretting it later. I'm like, ah, shit, you know. You could have been the next I one. I could have changed my name to Malik, yeah, you know. My... <laughs> I mean, I could have I could have been Raheem Caparillo. Come or, on. Or else you could have just been the next name crossed off. <laughs> I mean, really, yeah. like, uh, we could have somehow, like, you know, altered that to make it look like Cap or something. Yeah. I don't know. Or, but... It's just a temporary tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my guest in the garage right now here at the Cat Ranch is John Caparula, who um, many of you know from his many appearances on Chelsea Lately. He also is a regular uh, guest on, what's that show you used to do on the thing? Uh, 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 which one? The, you, the one that you're on, the country music station? Oh, yeah, yeah. I was the host of uh, Mobile Home Disaster. Mobile Home Disaster on CMT? Wait, you don't watch You don't watch it, Well, Mark? we're going to try and cross a cultural line here, John. Uh, yes, we really are bridging. <laughs> we're bridging gaps right yeah, now. I, I think we are, you know, because, uh, I, I mean, we we're just talking. You just drove up in your Mustang. Yes, yes. You heard your, me coming, really? Well, I, I was listening. I didn't want you to get lost. 
<laughs> and I saw that car for the first time the other night. And I want people to know that this is, I think, honestly, the first time John and I have ever seen each other in the daylight. Yes. Uh, we're usually uh, out in the cave down in Hollywood. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a long conversation. It's usually like uh, before one of us goes on stage and we're like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, yeah, or, or there's a Comic Con and we're like, oh, oh this uh, sucks. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be nice. And usually with me, it's sort of like, you already went on. What are you worried about? And you're like, all right, I'll see you later. Yeah, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. yeah bye. <laughs> But uh, we were just talking about cars. What was that? What was the British thing that you're talking about? The British thing? The website about uh, cars, about people oh, who love their oh, cars. Oh, yeah. The uh, it was it was. I don't typically watch BBC. All and right. I know it's a surprise to you. Well, but, I, uh, I know. I mean, if I listen to your act, you don't fucking do much of anything. Uh, yeah, I, I really don't. <laughs> but uh, but uh, yeah, my uh, my parents like one night they stumbled on it and they were like, "Yeah, you got to watch this documentary called My Car Is My Lover," and. It was, I mean, they didn't tell me anything about it. I'm like, oh, it's probably something, you know, because, you know, I was kind of raised, my dad has a bunch of old cars and I'm just, oh, really? a, I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah. kind of a car yeah. nut. Yeah. And uh, so I turned this on and I mean, it, it really, it made me feel bad about liking cars because I didn't want to be associated with these guys. But I mean, they had a young guy and an older guy and they, they're called mechaphiles. They, they fuck their car. They fuck their car. They fuck the, I mean, sometimes the tailpipe, <laughs> sometimes, you know, just grinding on, like, cause both of them have VW Beetles, very curvy car. Yeah. Very and, hot. Uh, hot. Yeah, a lot of crevices. Some of them have a car. tattoo on their tits. Uh, the so, <laughs> some of us, some of us don't really, you know, like, like the, the, the Herbie, the love bug movies are like porno to these guys. Oh, like, no. I mean, like they, like they even showed them, like they went to like a, uh, like a, you know, like a car show, like other people's cars. And, and I mean, this old guy is just, I, I mean, just kind of having little liaisons with other people's cars. Like, like yeah, giving the googly eyes and talking. I mean, no, like rubbing up against it. And oh, actually, come on. Like, you know, like he's walking around with a yeah. boner. Like, and, oh. and it's like, I, I mean, he was, he was doing like the, cause the kid that they had, cause they had never met each other, but the, the kid got mad at him. Cause like late at night when they were staying at the, cause they had him do like a road trip to yeah. this. But the guy, the guy fucked the kid's car. Oh my god! And I like, I don't know, I don't know how I'd feel. But like, you know, as much as I love my car, it's kind of like you, you really, you came on my car. Yeah. Didn't you? I don't know if I can wash that off. Like, even, I don't know because it's still there. Even knowing that it's just a car that you know, you know, you can just wash it off. You feel like it's been abused. Yeah, it's yeah. A, your just, car's been victimized. Yeah, right. Like you know, like if somebody ejaculated on like a shirt of mine. Yeah, you know. I'm not just going to wash the shirt and put it on again. No, you can throw it's it away, It's the right? same thing with the car. Oh, no, like, but that's a big uh, nut yeah. to eat there if you throw a car away because some guy came on it. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. You're yelling at the you car. You know, it depends on your priorities, I Mark. guess so. I, I, mean... <laughs> I guess so. So that car you got is fucking nice. So you come from cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how to fix them and stuff? Um, you know, I'm I'm decent. I was, you know, I was the guy like basically, you know, and I talk about it in my act, but I I literally was just I hold a flashlight and get yelled at and I kind of pick up things, but my dad was basically <laughs> like, "No, you're not breaking my fucking socket set." And I, so I would just sit there like, you know, I mean, he would have me working on cars all the, you know, with him all the time and, you know, cuz and and it's just kind of something that, you know, yeah. I like I like the amenities of a new car. Like right. I like the frost and shit, you know. <laughs> but uh 
but I like, uh, but but I love I love a car that you know sounds like it's mad. Yeah, you know? that and thing's it, a monster. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, like they that car is uh it's uh um it's an anniversary edition of the movie Bullet, the yeah. Steve McQueen movie, and uh, they actually digitally mastered the exhaust to sound like the movie. Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was so easy to sell me so this you car. Ever, you, now you got to go up to San Francisco and start flying over those. <laughs> I mean, like really, like it, it was it was just it, I couldn't resist. I had a Trans Am before that. Somebody ran into me, and it just was. It was kind of like he might as well have have fucked my car. Yeah. Like it was like you know it's. It, I mean, I had to eventually. It just wasn't the same because I'm a very big Smokey and the Bandit fan, and I would love to have a '77 Trans Am. But uh, yeah, I, I. Are you being serious? Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm dead serious. Yeah, right now there's there's no jokes here. All right, all right good. Yeah. <laughs> Smokey and the Bandit. Well, that movie changed everything for everybody. That car was everywhere for a while. Yeah, the yeah. Trans Am with the Firebird on the on the hood. With That's, the yeah, with the bird on the hood. Is that, that was, where that was introduced? Um, no, they had that for a few years before that car. But um, that car was actually um, it was it it was it's funny because it's like that car is like representative of like. Like how like the American auto industry really wasn't ready to to you know adapt to the environmentalist shit and everything because oh, right, right, right. like that car had a had a huge it was a 455 V8 and only had 200 horsepower. I used to have a buddy in high school named Dave Bishop who's uh, who's who's dead, mm. but he used to have like I'm not really a car guy. My first car was a Datsun B210 and I was happy about that. Right, it was a shit brown Datsun. It was fine. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm still the same way. I got a gray Camry out there, no frills. It drives. I like it to drive nice. Sometimes I wish I could be that way. Yeah. Well, I mean, but a, when I get into a car like yours, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. This is the best thing ever. Yeah. And, but am I going to be, uh, do you see me in that car? I mean, uh, I mean, you, you know what? I don't see you pulling it off. No, no exactly. Like, you know, like, I'm barely like, pulling off this see mustache. See taking the cats to the vet and oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> Cats are already freaked out. <laughs> But uh, but my buddy Dave had a '72 uh, Firebird, Ooh. gold with a Holly double pumper. Does that mean, mean yes. anything to you? Yes, it does? yes, it does. It's, uh, uh, and he, he well, he probably had two two barrels on it. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Sure, yeah, that's yeah. what it was. And we used to, <laughs> and he used to get that thing. We had like you know he had, his father owned a stereo place, so I had these huge speakers in the back. Yeah, always had the best shit. And we drive from Albuquerque to Santa Fe. We go about 150, 160 miles an hour in that. Yeah, thing. he always got uh, tickets. They knew who he was. Yeah, were you, were you that guy in high school? You know, and no, in high school I drove shit boxes because my. My dad is one of those guys, like, he likes, he, my dad's just, he, he kind of just is mad that the world stopped evolving in, like, 68, and he's just, <laughs> he's mean, dead It's mad that he kept evolving or stopped? It, it kept evolving. Right, right. Yeah, 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 he's mad, and and it's like, so, the, the, the old cars are kind of his way of getting back at the man, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he doesn't, he's not like one of those, those old car guys, like, you know, they'll buy, like, you know, like a 58 Chevy or something like that. Yeah. And they'll fix it up and, you know, they'll they'll rub it down with a diaper and you're not allowed to touch their car any, you know, anywhere they take it. Like, or come my, on it. No or coming. come on it. I yeah. mean, that's where I'm surprised. The guy never got beat up. But <laughs> but my my dad, he's more into quantity than quality. So he'll, he'll find like an old Studebaker sitting in a cornfield somewhere yeah. and go knock on the door you know, yeah. of the, the lady's house or something. He's like, you want to sell that? They're like, uh, there's raccoons living in it. But, you know, so we, I, you know, my first car, I, I mean, I had a 66 Impala, but I, I mostly drove this old shitty 78 Scout, like that was, uh, it, a we, Jeep. 
It, it, yeah, it's a, it was like the original SUV, right? Um, but uh, I mean, this thing like they, they always we are the car guys joke that that the uh, the Scout should have come from the factory with a patch kit because they basically they <laughs> made the engine like die hard, like you could not kill this engine. This engine would survive nuclear fucking holocaust. <laughs> yeah. but the the body like just has fucking leprosy. It, it like I mean it was literally held together with with chicken wire and old license plates. Like those were my floorboards. And my dad would send me out in this thing. Like you're yeah. safe, don't yeah. worry. Yeah, <laughs> just don't turn left. That's hilarious. A '66 Impala. That was like a huge car. Yeah. So you grew up in Ohio. Yes, I did. Your whole life. Uh, yeah, yeah, my entire life. It feels like you have here. an accent to me. You know what? People in Ohio were like, "Where'd you get that accent?" I don't. You know, I don't know. I, I, I you've just, always had it. I guess so. Yeah. Are your parents from Ohio? Yeah, yeah. That's odd, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I, you know, where I'm from is, uh, is, is actually it's right on the border of uh, um, Pennsylvania and West Virginia. Um, so, so maybe the little West Virginia crawled up a little bit. But the thing is, is where where I live, most people have a Pittsburgh accent. You know the the Yinzer accent. I don't know you what know, that is. you've never heard the Pittsburgh, I, maybe Pittsburgh I have. accent. I, I, you I, know, uh, you, you know, it's it, they 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 elongate their O's. You know that oh, okay. that yeah, accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty disgusting. And now, uh, <laughs> when you went to high school, like I'm trying to figure out because like a lot of people like we do we do comedy and I and I saw you. I can't remember the first time I saw you. It must have been when I first got back to L.A. Mm-hmm. I think you, you had it like, did you have a deal with a network like? Uh, yeah, yeah. Did you, did, was your writing partner Bill Masters? No, oh. no. I wonder who, who, who but you, you had a deal with the network and I saw you at the store and you automatically in my brain, and, and this is going away, we, all of a sudden there's all these different camps of comedy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like, you know, there's alternative people. Right. There's the angry guys. Yeah. And there's the, you know, the blue collar guys. And you were sort of touted as this next generation of uh, the yeah. blue collar guy, but then over time, you know, I start watching, and I'm like, you know, I I realize that if you can do an impression of a guy within five minutes of watching him, like if you have a personality <laughs> that is that tight, you're the real deal. Oh, and like, yeah. I, I find myself doing okay. <laughs> you get the arms going, and but uh, but you know, it was just funny that because when I I started thinking about having you on and started thinking about hanging out with you, I mean, we look like we come from opposite sides of the track here. Y- yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but but yeah, but we seem to relate though. We I seem, know. Yeah. Well, that's because we're comics and we're we're both fucked up people that are you know you know chronically kind of like you know in our head and thinking about shit. And... Yeah, exactly. But I uh, mean, I'm I'm as I'm as neurotic as anybody I know from that. New York. That yeah, was, that, <laughs> that was the great thing I realized. Yeah, it took me a long time because I was already to pigeonhole you. It's like right. Oh, that well, and and that's the thing for me is like that's that's I think I I think the coolest thing for me is just uh, the fact that like I I, I really don't just. I can kind of go across, you know, whatever, you know, demographic. Were you like that in high school? Though that's why I wanted to get. Yeah, it. yeah. Because like, I was a guy that you could be, you could hang out with the jocks, you could hang out with the freaks. You were just the right. Guy. I had to budget my time, like, because right. I knew they couldn't mix together. Because yeah. I'm like, ah, they're not gonna get along. But right. I could do it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 I could, I could just, you know. So I had to, I had to kind of budget my time out to hang out with all my different groups. But right. Yeah. It was, you know, it, it just. It was, it was just, it was, it's fun. And I think it's just translated for me, you know, over time. Like, I, I mean, I'll have, you know, I remember when I first started, I was like, you know, man, if I'd see old people in the crowd or something, I'm like, I, I cuss so much. I'm going to be, you know, this isn't going to go well. Yeah. And I mean, uh, you know, and then I'd be signing grandma's tit at the end yeah. of the, the show. So yeah, I'm scratching like, out know, that like, other guy's name. <laughs> it's all done now, grandma. <laughs> 
but yeah, it was, you know, it's, uh, that's the thing for me is like, yeah, I, I didn't even realize, like, honestly, when I moved to LA and I was first doing comedy, I always like, I knew, I didn't realize I was white trash till I got to LA, <laughs> like, you know, cause people started, you know, kind of labeling me that and looking at me that way. And, and, and like, it was kind of weird cause where I was from, like, I, you know, everybody I was pretty was respectable. White. Yeah, and like you know, compared you high- to them, I was kind of high society. You know, high society was, white trash. Well, yeah, and I was one of the white kids that like you know, like one of the few white kids who had a lot of black friends and right. stuff like that. So it was like I was, you know, it was kind of weird to me that people thought I was kind of a cracker when I got here. Well, I and think I, that's I think that because we're in show business, depending on how you present yourself, they kind of want to package you and label you that. Right, right, and I think sometimes like people, you know, with me, a lot of times like it used to bother me that people thought like. I purposely invented like the way I am well, that's, I took, that's <laughs> and it's it, like no I'm not that smart <laughs> that's what took me a long time to realize that you were really you were really that guy yeah I'm a guy who like I, you know I think people can just relate to the fact that like I, I just I get yeah I get that upset that there's a bunch of fucking orange popsicles in the box. Like, yeah. why, why, when I like the grape and the cherry, why does it, why does the whole box seem like it's fucking stuffed with orange? And I'm like, and it's like, there's part of me that's that upset about it. And, but the fact is, like, when I'm on stage, like, I think it's as funny as everybody else does watching it. The, the fact that a whole bunch of strangers are listening to me complain about this stupid shit. Like, the, I mean, because, there is a part of me that is that passionately upset. Oh yeah. That there's, but but oh, yeah. then but then I also think it's funny sure. that like you know I'm that mad about it. Yeah. So it, yeah. It's good that you're mad about it and not just being like you know trying to explain it like Jerry Seinfeld or something. Right. Like you're not, there's a difference between being an observational comic and genuinely being fucked up enough to be that pissed off. Right. About, <laughs> and I respect the latter all the more. But with this diplomatic thing, because I think a lot of comics are like that, and either they fight or they're not. Did you? grow up in a lot of uh, tension did you find yourself having to relieve the situation all the time um you know i no you know what it was it was kind of like i guess for me like the the family our family was you know we were kind of like the simpsons like i mean i maybe that's why it's my favorite show but like yeah i mean we it was just funny because like you know we would go to like you know like my my mom's you know, my grandparents' house, you know, my mom had a sister, or my mom had a sister and a brother, and her brother was like, like, him and his wife were both psychologists, and they were like rich people who like, you know, like really, they were very, like, the, the their daughter went to fucking school in like Scandinavia and shit, like year round. So, and, the, you, the, so and, when you went over there, it was like going to Europe. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, like, literally, like, we felt like we were the help, like, when we got there, and it was just kind of like... You know, so I think, like, the car ride home was always so funny because, you know, like, we laugh at farts and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know, we just, you know, so it was like, it was always a tension breaker. And I, I just think that, you know, for me, like, I, I mean, because I, you know, all my neuroses and all that stuff is, you know, I mean, there's a place where that all started. And I, I mean, I, I was telling people when, when they asked me, like, my first experience knowing I wanted to be a comedian was... uh I was in the sixth grade, and I was at basketball practice, um, and I and and I shit myself, and uh, and and it was just a horrific experience. The whole thing, like, as I'm eleven, everybody knows. I mean, it was like one of those things where, like, I but, like, asked the coach to go the to the court? bathroom. 
Nah, I asked the coach to go to the bathroom, and I and I ran past where the bathroom was, and all the other players saw me and go, Hey, Cap, you're going the wrong way. And I was, and that basically scared the shit out of me. And uh, they all ran in the bathroom, because they're like, Oh, hey, must be bathroom time. And they go in, and I'm like waiting now to get on the toilet until one of them finally goes, Did somebody shit themselves? And I'm like, Yes, can you get out now? So... It was, <laughs> it was a just a whole horrific night where like the coach gave me a, a quarter to call home and and of course my older sister answers the phone. I mean, not one of my parents had to be my sister. And I'm like, I'm crying and I'm like, will you get mom? And she's like, why? And I'm like, will you just get fucking mom, please? And she, <laughs> she's like, why? I'm like, I poop my pants. And she's like, ah. Johnny pooped his pants and I'm like you bitch I hate you so it was just but it was one of those things where it was like I mean I didn't go to school like the next couple of days I mean it was like you know oh really you didn't I mean it was like yeah it was dramatic it was embarrassing really was and uh it was one of those things where I was like, man, I just hope everybody forgets about this shit yeah, and right. it doesn't follow me to like yeah. eighth grade. To college. You know? or yeah, you high know school. what I mean? Yeah, oh, hell and, yeah. Uh, but, but what it ended up being was like within a couple of years, it was like, you know, hey, Cap, tell, tell the story about when you pooped your pants. Right. And it, it basically, it was like I turned the negative into the positive where it was like I loved the experience of taking this, this really. It was a painful experience, and it really could have been crushing, and it became, like, so fun and so cathartic to take this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and make people laugh about it, and it was like, I was like, I, I just, you know, I, I was just like, that it was, was it. really, it was that moment, I was like, I just, I really, I just want to do this forever. It couldn't have happened the week after, or, <laughs> or even a month after, but, but no, over time. No, right. it took me a while, like, it wasn't, yeah, it was, it was a good couple of years you know <laughs> and those years in between though were they rough did you uh you know what nobody they it would occasionally come up because i mean i guess like enough of the guys on the team were friends of mine and liked me enough, right like not so it would only come up with me over. In, in the group yeah it wouldn't get every now and then it's like you remember you shit yourself last year like, yeah shut up and uh, but you were enough of a, of a well-liked guy that they kept it within the brotherhood basically yeah that's fucking sweet because yeah. if you were the fucking dork uh, right. It would have oh. been over. <laughs> It'd have been, yeah. You would have been an alternative comic. Would have been. <laughs> <laughs> you are right, sir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> would have taken you a whole different place. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I don't know if I can remember what drove me to, to do it, to, to be a comic. I, I don't know if it was a an event or an incident. Who the hell? I, I wish I knew. How old were you when you started? I was, um, I did open mics in my, my last year of, or my, my second year of college with another guy. I was in a team. Mm -hmm. I guess the first time I did solo, I was like 20, 21. Mm -hmm. How about you? Um, the first, first time I was 19, I, I, I went out, uh, and it was right after my sister's wedding and like my mom's telling everybody at the reception, Johnny's going to be famous. And it's like, now, and it was like, I remember shoot. I went and, yeah. and it was just, I don't even remember what I talked about. I just remember I was scared to death. I couldn't, you know, my sister went with me and she's like, no, you were funny. Shut up. Yeah. And it was like, I just was like so kind of disappointed that I wasn't as good as everybody thought I would be when I, you know, the first time I went out there. Yeah. And I was like, ah, maybe I'll try college, you know, for yeah. a while. And and going to college, you know, 
for a couple of years, I realized I was just kidding myself. Like it was, it was all I wanted to do. So I, when I was 21, I went back and made sure I didn't tell anybody. Right. I still do that. Like if I'm doing spots at the store, I don't tell anyone. Yeah. See, I, I've only recently been able to like, but still, even when, if there's anybody I know in the crowd, it's like, it's, it feels like they're from fucking CBS or what something. Is that? What like is it? that though? Cause I get that too. It just happened the other night and I felt kind of bad about it, but there's like these, like, I just, I look at like doing a set at the store. It's one thing if you're doing an hour or you're on a big show, right? but the store is the comedy store is like a gym. I'm going to sure. go there. I'm going to try to get some new jokes out. Mm-hmm. And, and usually if I'm not getting new jokes out, I get angry and I fucking feel like an <laughs> idiot. You know, I just like, and I go through weeks like that where it's like, I got new ideas. What am I afraid of? Why right. am I not doing it here? Oh, I know why. It's the fucking comedy store. <laughs> and if they see any sort of fear in your eye at all, they will, they will abandon oh, you. Oh, they completely. were just, yeah. So well, what happened was, so I tell this uh, woman, I'm like, I really don't want people to come. You're like, but we want to come support you. I'm like, look, I've been doing this a long time. <laughs> I, I don't, I need your support. I just need to work out new jokes. <laughs> and they were hurt. But then when I have somebody in there, it's almost just part of my brain that one, instead of walking up to them after the show and going, huh? I want to be able to go, I don't know. And like, <laughs> you know, you're almost looking for that fucking reapproval thing. I, it, well, for me, it's like, you know, if, if, if things like, for whatever reason, take a bad turn and aren't going well, I don't want to feel like there's anybody out there feeling sorry for me. You know, uh, like who's going through it with me. That's the like, worst. You know, like, oh no, you know. Yeah, you almost rather, yeah. they just think you suck. And right, then, and that too, where I gotta, you know, because they're automatically gonna come up to me afterwards and go, oh, you were great. And yeah. I'm like, no, 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 you should have been here last night, all right? Last night was great, <laughs> all right? Tonight was a pile of shit, and, and, you, and it's your fault, actually, because I was thinking that you were there when I started to bomb. Yeah, it's... But uh, you'll chase down an audience, though, man, because I watched you the other night, and, and usually, like, I'll go up there and, and I'll do, uh, I'll give them what I have, and I'm a guy... That if they're not going along with me, I'm I'm going to act even more relaxed and slow down even more, right? To make it you know at least peculiar and interesting. Uh-huh. But you just fucking chase them down. Yeah, I'll speed up. Yeah, yeah. you're beam. Yeah. Yeah. I go the other way. Like yeah. I I'm 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 looking for the Tyson knockout. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I, get... I gotta structure my jokes better. Because like... <laughs> but see, I feel like see, I'm this where I'm like you know I wish I could be more your way though where it's like I wish I would slow down more and go you know what it's not that big a deal you know what because I, yeah, I'm i just I'm gonna I'm gonna sit in this and I'm just gonna own the moment and see what I can mine out of yeah. this instead of going ah oh, fuck yeah. uh, you know what I don't want him leaving here going yeah I was kind of disappointed with that guy yeah I don't, I don't want I can't have that it's like, so. it, that works it's completely against your personality <laughs> even you talking about doing it made you uncomfortable yeah see yeah really You're it like, does I'm just gonna slow now uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I can't. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just, because it, it's like, I'm going to have to sit with that for at least 24 hours, if not till it's, next yeah, week. See, I think that's another reason why I realized that, you know, we were we were more similar than, than not. Because, like, I, it, I still fucking, like, I, I, I did the main room the other night at mm-hmm. the comedy store. And it's and still I, bothering you. Well, I, a little. <laughs> I, I just haven't figured out, you know, how to do that room uh, consistently. Yeah. Like I, you know, I figured out the original room. You know, mm-hmm. once you get past the fact you can't see the crowd, it's mm-hmm. kind of fun. It's 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 a great place to do comedy. It is, yeah. But the main room, you can fucking see everybody. Mm-hmm. And you know, you just watch somebody, you know, on stage, like basically do a, a circus of some sort. Like it requires so much energy, so much fucking over the topness. Yeah. That if you go up there and you're just thoughtful 
Yeah, I mean, it's just like the the possibilities of sitting up there to nothing, and that, <laughs> and that's when I'm I'm like I I feel like my brain going like yours would like I feel a joke and I know midway through just by the because you do this long enough you know yeah of course that this thing it's not gonna land no like I want it to and and it's gonna require some explaining. And I don't even like I'm in the middle of jokes sometimes. I'm like, I don't even want to finish this one. Right. I, you know, I don't even know. But you got to finish it. Yeah. And then yeah. I just sit in it. Well, and you start realizing like, you know, when when the, when they're not running with you and that snowball's not getting yeah. bigger, you're like, I just realized how weak the rest of this is. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, ah, fuck. This is just, this is not as good as I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, well, not, I'm not getting on board with the setup. There's no way. <laughs> How'd you get a, a, tied up with, uh, like, you know, because I, I know you did. You Were you affiliated with um, the Blue Collar guys? Uh, yeah, point? well, the thing was, was um, my my manager that I've been with uh, since I was a doorman, basically. Where were you a doorman? Comedy store. Me too. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's yeah. great. Yeah. Do you still find that you find, do you ever find yourself like going for the rope or standing at the purse? I still, you know, tell people where the bathroom is, oh, yeah. you know. Without even can, thinking. Hey, right can we clear the fucking hall back yeah, here? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do it too and it's been 20 years. Yeah. Like, I still feel like, like somehow connected to that. How many years did you work? I was only a doorman for like a year. Yeah, yeah I was but, about I was about two years, almost two years. But it was. Uh, I always talk to people about that. It's so hilarious that all the doormen and everyone who works there is a comic. So God forbid anything bad happens because no oh. one's going to step up. They're like, I didn't sign on. <laughs> well, yeah, because it's like yeah. when you realize that that is the security oh. at the comedy store. Because at least at the time when I was there, they had the dude Chewy that ran the parking lot. Oh, God forbid he had to run. Uh, yeah, exactly. But it was like at least we had this, the, you know, the him and Harry. Who would just who would just kill somebody if they acted up in the place? But it was like, I, I mean, for me, it was it was always like, man, I you know, I'd sign the fallout list and yeah. go on late at night and stuff. But it was like, it was so I was so tired and devastated from just I mean, just being like I had to climb the ladder in the rain to go oh. hang, you know, to yeah, go yeah, hang yeah. somebody else's name. Oh, you know? shit. it was uh, I the 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 one for me was the best. I was because uh, I used to go on the belly room all the time. Yeah, and um. I was uh, I was so you're working a real the, store guy. Oh, I I mean I'm I'm born and bred there. Like yeah. I'm like that's what you know. The thing is for me is like you know that I I think is cool that kind of paid off is like I Mitzi looks at me as like one of her kids. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. as in you know because she used to when you know she, when she break recognizes my, well yeah but, but the thing is she used to break my balls and stuff yeah. and just like you know when I was working the door and uh, I I remember when I, I was a Friday night. And, uh, it was like, you know, within my first six months of working the door and, uh, I, uh, I, the, the lady running the, uh, the show in the belly room upstairs, cause I was working the back door and I checked everybody's ID who went upstairs, but, uh, the, um, she's like, Hey, we have a sketch group on and they're, they're going to finish and we have this big crowd up there and, you know, do you want to do like some time? And I'm like, yeah. So I, uh. I changed my shirt and everything because I could never go up as a doorman. Yeah, like, yeah, it just yeah, felt yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I go on, I had, a, like, a great... It was, like, one of the first times I did, like, a, like a 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. Set, and there's this really young crowd up there. And yeah. it was just just an awesome so i i mean i come back downstairs floating yeah like man i'm gonna be a star yeah. by monday yeah. you watch <laughs> yeah. and uh i remember i get downstairs and the manager who was managing uh is like yeah cap if you're done the ladies room toilet is backed up and it's flooding into the hallway so here's a mop and 
I mean, the worst thing is, is the people who just watched me upstairs <laughs> yeah. are now leaving. Girls are yeah. walking by like, right. you know, oh, Yo, you were so funny. I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, thanks. That's not my pee yeah. uh, that you're walking through right now. But uh, hey, hey, and I mean, it was just such a, you know, it was such a humiliating, humbling experience. And at the time, I did not appreciate it. But I realized, because for me, I think, because I'm... I'm, you know, I'm a naturally shy guy. Sure. Like, you know, yeah, we, and, and, we all are. and, 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 uh, yeah. And I mean, the thing is, uh, you know, I think that was the thing for me is like, as a comic, that's what the comedy store really provided for me was it made me tougher, you know, like it, it, cause I was, I could, from the time I'd started when I went back when I was 21, if there was a good crowd, I could be funny, you right. know, and, and, and I would do well, but it was the times when it wasn't that easy that I had to learn how to, you know, kind of fucking man up. Yeah. And um and it was that experience that really just it tested my will, I guess, to to see it's like, do you really want to do this or do you do you want to go back home? And uh like putting the mop in the water. Yeah. And yeah. it's like it's so I, I think that's why I'm such I just I have so much loyalty and I love that place so much. I, yeah, I I understand that. I found myself back there and I didn't even spend that much time there, but it was such a, a weird uh, powerful time that I was there. Yeah, that part of me feels so connected to that place, and I don't, I don't seek work at the Improv or the. I don't either. Or... Yeah, if they call me, you know, I'll come down. But you know, it's like, I, I, I remember like I first realized it when I went to Montreal in two thousand three. Yeah, and um, I remember we're doing the new faces thing, and uh, and we got, I, I, I was going, I was like ninth out of 11 people so like all the comics are coming back in i remember going you know oh man this crowd is rough yeah you know right and i'm like you have no idea like i I, you know i feel like i came from a bad neighborhood or something where i'm like you don't know what rough is yeah go get a mop rough is 145 after dice yeah all right (laughs) that's fucking rough right you know and it's like I, I, I remember going out and it was just it just I just felt like I had this extra like little gear that you know that I that, you know it's like there's no full room in this world you know that that I can't fucking take down it's like you know it's when there's six drunks who are waiting for a cab that's when comedy sucks yeah all right and yeah. and it's like I dealt with that you know and it's like n- you know you just get to a point where it's like nothing scares you oh yeah and also not only is it where comedy sucks but that's where you write jokes yeah that's the those are the, the the times that I've been the most like like I'm sitting in the back of the room like debating over with like maybe I should just tell him I'm not going on tonight yeah, like yeah. you know like those those sets where I'm like I really this is gonna suck and I don't want to go on those are the ones that I end up leaving going man it was good that I did that yeah, set you yeah. know because oh, it better really they're driving home saying like oh, why the fuck yeah right <laughs> it's like yeah I get you know I just go home and it, it just defeated and uh, yeah without I'm, even trying yeah <laughs> uh, better stop and get some drive through that'll make me feel better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well that's great man that's a great uh, sort of encapsulation of the the store program yeah it is, it, and it is. It still is, you know, and I, and I hope it stays that way. So before I, I, I get away from it, so what locked you in with, um, because like I know Ron White, I you know, and oh, I, gosh, love, yeah. I love Ron White. 
and and I think he's a great comic. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't even have really anything bad to say about uh, Bill Ingvall, really. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of a lot of people in stand up, you know, where they draw these lines and they're Larry the Cable Guy this, Larry the Cable Guy that. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're Foxworthy this, just Foxworthy that. I mean, the truth of the matter is, you know, Larry's a, a clown. You know, I mm-hmm. knew him when he was at the store, and he was right. Dan Whitney, and, and you know. Yeah. He, he does what he does, but he knows what it is, and you know sure. he's got a business set up. I yeah, I don't. I, yeah, I, I well for me, like how I got affiliated with Blue Collar was basically my manager. Um, they he worked at Brillstein Gray, and they like never promoted him, and finally like Parallel, who is the Blue Collar company, right? Um, they hired him as a manager, and he's like, "Do you want to come over with me?" I'm like, "Of course," and. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I mean, because people would always go, you should do blue collar, you know, and it was like, you know, it was never an intentional thing. It was just like, okay, and we ended up doing the next generation thing, which it really didn't take off because just, you know, going under that label when those other guys, it, it just wasn't really. It's a strong brand, and those guys had really built, despite whenever they broke, I mean, Christ, Bill and Jeff and Ron had been out there 15, 20 years yeah, already. Yeah, I had heard Ron was ready to quit comedy. I had heard that uh, uh, Larry actually wasn't a part of the original group. Mm-hmm. Bill Engvall told me that, because uh, um, Bill's the only one I know of all of them. It's, he's the only one I've met. And um, he's he was like, they had some other guy. He didn't name who he was, but he's like, we had another guy, which was, he was a really funny comic. We all liked him, but then... Once we got out there, like in these big shows, it just it just didn't gel with everything. So we replaced him with you know Larry, and then Larry obviously is taken off to where he has. But I mean, the thing for me is like I I've heard that you know that Larry is just like the nicest guy in the world, and he's such a. I just hate that like because we both wear hats right. <laughs> and we're kind of chubby and we talk with an accent everybody's always comparing me to him oh. and i'm like dude no i'm a i'm you know he you know he does what he does and it's great and i don't want to take anything from him i just for me it's like it's no well you're but you're a guy and he's a character I yeah mean, i mean, mean I, I use yeah it's like i'm you know my real name is john caparulo yeah you know, but you know I, you're speaking from your your mind and your heart and you're you know you got a whole you know you're being honestly expressive to yourself where he's like what would larry say I, okay yeah yeah you and, know I mean, and it's not it, that's not a, a judgment that's not a moral judgment it's just that that's how he does his act he's sure you know, he's, sure and and the thing is for me is like i said it's like you know i just think it's like it's just such a you know thing for me where i'm like you know people are like oh you remind us so much of larry the okay, oh, and i'm like God. i know you mean well by that yeah, but, but i up. really it's we're not the same we're just not you know and it's uh <laughs> It's yeah, but that's that's the downside of being, you know, associated with blue collar. Because I mean, the people who love blue collar comedy really love it. Yeah. But the people who hate it, fucking hate it. You know, and it's like, I, you know, for me, it's like I'm not either. Way, like I, you know, I, I just kind of, you know, I can appeal either way. You know, it's like I'm well, just what, what I'm understand. doing is yeah, you're you're just a comic, right? Yeah, and the thing I don't get is that like. It, even with people who judge blue collar comedy, there is no way you can deny that Ron White is not a fucking great comic. Yes, yeah, I, and, I think and, so and, too. And like Bill Ingvall, I, I find a little boring, but I mean, he definitely is a, a real comic. Yeah. You know, if Foxworthy disappeared for a while, and out of all of them, you know, he's you know, the most difficult for me. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, even though I did one of my first gigs with him before he did the redneck thing, and he was just a headliner guy. Really? And he had a couple of great jokes. Yeah. And he once told me a story about staying on a beach house and, and a bale of pot washed up. I mean, you know, like <laughs> you forget that once these guys become these things, that they're just guys, and they may forget it themselves. And to right. be honest with you, I knew Dan Whitney before he became Larry the Cable Guy a bit. I and and he was kind of a funny guy. Mm-hmm. And I've never really watched any of him. Right. Not, not, it just hasn't come up. And I've seen Bill Ingvall, you know, occasionally come up on TV. But Ron, I'll go out of my way to watch. Yeah. Because, you know, he, you know, he takes chances. He's a, he's an odd guy. Yeah. He's very deliberate in, in he's a storyteller. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and he doesn't give a fuck. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I think, I think his, of all four of those guys, is just the most genuine point of view. Like, he's not none of this is bullshit. He's really that much of a drunk. He's that much yeah, of a, is. you know, he's a, he's a degenerate and he loves it, you know? And it's like, I, the thing is, is like, that's what I mean. It's like, I, I just, you can tell when it's bullshit and it's not bullshit coming from him. And that's and what ne- I like. And neither are you, my friend. And this was a good chat and I'm glad we had it. Absolutely. Thank you for, for having me over to the cat farm. Yes, sir. I, I we didn't even it. talk about the dog cat <laughs> But is there some place uh, to direct people if they want to see your shit? Uh, I'm at uh, johncaparulo.com, and um, yeah, it's uh, that's pretty much it. All yeah, right, thanks for there. coming, man. Thanks, brother. Okay, so this uh, this always happens. We I turned the mics off, and we started talking. Uh, John Caparulo and I started talking. Well. So now, how, how how much do you interact with your fans? I mean, are you are you a guy like you know? I I am compulsive and and I tend to interact with everybody on Facebook. And I just I actually just redesigned my MySpace page because I was told no one goes right. there anymore. And then I was told by Doug Benson, but that's the only place you can put your dates up. And I'm like, well, fuck, I haven't even been on to my page in four months. Right. So right. I'm back on there. Yeah, you know, I uh, I when my my DVD came out last year, I had you know like. Warner Brothers like hired some company to do like they 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 jazzed up my MySpace page. They put you know they put me on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. I mean, do and they, I do I, they tweet for you? No, they gave me the number to okay, do it, and right. I and I just started. I, my thing is like you know I understand you know that everybody like wants you know with the internet and everything you can have access to your favorite you know whatever, you know, artists and stuff like that. I just, for me, <laughs> I'm too, I get myself in trouble because I'm entirely too sensitive. Yeah, like I, me too. I mean, just, I can't, you know, where they're just like, ah, you know, I can't just go, ah, so-and-so is nuts and just you let mean, it when go. They, when they, when they message Well, me. because, you know, like I get, obviously I get so many, you know, supportive emails and messages from people. Uh, yeah. And, and it's so, it's so cool, but like, it's always the one negative one that I cannot, I can't fucking ignore. Yeah, like you know what, this is something common to a lot of dudes, man. I mean, I've had guys on this show. I've had a conversation about this right. before. So you, you don't. You're about to tell me. I know what's going to happen. <laughs> you're, you're up. You're up one night. You're looking at what's. Oh, that's nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, it was. It was fuck? late, and it was like four in the morning. I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I. You know, I'm checking some MySpace messages, and I see one with the heading of "unfortunate," oh, and I'm like, no. "I'm like, wait, what's it?" And I click on it, and it's basically this—it's comic book guy from The Simpsons. It's just this guy who says he's from Mesa, Arizona. Said that you know 
he grew up in Ohio and and he was directed to my page and he wanted to tell me that I am really not funny and that I should quit comedy and I should like I just I hated it it was so definitive like you know just like like, look this isn't just my opinion I represent everyone sir everyone else has been lying to you for 12 years and it's like I just I couldn't I couldn't let it go. I even tried to call a friend. He even said at the end, it was like, I'm not trying to be mean, but you suck. Like, it was just like... Oh, that's right. Was, well, I'm thanks. trying to help All you right. out. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I thought that was mean, but then you said, so I guess... It's not. <laughs> but uh, I, I tried to call one of my friends. It was yeah. late at night. There was no... So I emailed the guy back, and basically I was like, look, you know, I never really wanted to be a famous comedian. I just kind of wanted to be you know, some loser behind a computer oh, yeah, throwing yeah. shit at people. Yeah. I don't know. There you and, go. But since, but since that's not in the cards for me, you have to let me know how it works out. And, and then I actually tried to get serious and tried to ask the guy, like, what are you, what were you trying oh, to accomplish I've, here? I've done that. Yeah. Like, did you really expect me to retire? But, after see, you but, sent see, me that see, shit? but secretly you're saying, can't you just like me? I mean, I, there's I, a lot of people. Well, the thing is, I just want him to acknowledge that his opinion is his opinion. Right. And it's not, it doesn't represent, obviously, the average person. Because it's like, if I sucked, I would quit. Yeah. I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't just keep going just to torture everybody. <laughs> and so I, I, you know, I ended up messaging him back and then he messages me back. And it's even worse with more capital letters and uh. fucking exclamation point. I couldn't even read the whole thing. And... And then I went to email him back again. And so you, how long did you fester about it that time? About twelve hours. Oh, geez. And it was late at night again. He I'm like, no, had you man, because I was like basically like, no, you're not gonna come in my yard, throw shit, and then leave. Yeah. No, it's just not gonna happen. So I go to email him back, and he's blocked me. Oh, you're the crazy guy. Yeah. Oh. So now I'm the, and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, how dare you, sir? Yeah. So. I went and decided to bulletin all of my 20,000 or so friends on MySpace and say, hey, you know, uh, I just got my first hate mail. You know, I understand if, you know, people don't like me or whatever, but just don't email me about it because it kind of fucks up my day. And I was like, but if you'd like to visit this guy's page, here's the page. Oh, God. So my fans start bombarding this guy's page with a lot of hate. And, um... So he locks down his page. And the worst thing is, is this guy's like a computer program. He has a computer business. I'm out of my fucking league here as far as... Next thing I know, people are emailing me, asking me about a Blogspot page that, uh, that this guy has posed as some woman saying that uh, when I was in Ohio, I was friends of the, I was a friend of their theirs, and I molested their daughter, and I was a member of a white supremacist organization. As if child molesters not enough. So, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta put it. We gotta put racist on top, just in case people are willing to overlook child molester. <laughs> but he's a racist too. Oh, I was like, so, and I mean, I. It was just. It was horrifying to like. I couldn't even read the whole page. Because you had no control over it. Right. And I'm sitting there, I'm like, just people are just reading this. Like, I mean, none of these people exist. This isn't true. You know, so of course, like, I'm calling, like, whoever to go. Who Who do you call? Call my manager. I call a lawyer. I'm like, hey, can you, you know, and they're like, well, we'll send a, 
a cease and desist thing to Google, which owns the Blogspot page. And, you know, you figure, because I've watched enough, like, things with online stuff, they can just trace your your IP, IP address, address right. know where the computer, where it came from, and you, you're going to go to jail. Because, hey, that's, slander. you know, slander. With, you know, you're not allowed to do that. And uh, Google basically told my lawyer, they're, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't do anything about it. Uh you're gonna have to take it up with the author of the page and it's like uh the author's crazy yeah uh we can't do that like i i'm not gonna go knock on his door you know so i was like uh, but you did know where he was you didn't yeah, know who he I knew was where, where is in he was in mesa i mean like you know so uh, that's the fucking worst thing that's like this coffee-esque nightmare where you're like you think i'm gonna get justice i rarely need to take action like this so i'm gonna take action yeah and then you come up against the wall we're like yeah there's nothing we can do yeah i mean they we were even just like we just wanted google to take it down right just like yeah can you take that off i mean is, oh is, what is, is it awful and they're like, no, we, we can't. So you had people writing like, dude, if, is this true? Was yeah, there any... I mean, I had to call my mom and go, hey, look, I, just in case you hear, hey, is your son a child molester? Like, you know, yeah. I mean, like that kind of, and it was like, it was just oh so, and it was such a helpless feeling. I even got to the point where, I was, I, you know, they were like, look, if you want to spend a bunch of money in litigation to go after this guy, you know, you, you know, you could probably, you know, win a case but it would take a few years and blah 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 so it's basically like if you don't want to pay for justice you're gonna have to ignore it wait it out and that's that's what i got i i've still never even gone back to see if the the page is up it just it's horrifying well, good for you man it's just it's <laughs> it's not really like i'm not doing it as like a you know hey i'm gonna take a stand it's more like i just can't read that. well no but I, i'm saying that for a guy as compulsive as you are <laughs> to actually detach i'm that af- i'm not a detached i'm just afraid well it's a uh, to be clear john caprillo not a child molester <laughs> was never uh in a white supremacist group and i hope that uh, that this particular anti-fan has moved on That's our show. I got a lot resolved. I feel better. I hope you feel better. Again, you can email me. If I don't get back to you so quickly, I probably will, but we will be doing an email show. That just actually takes a lot more production than this, than me talking, because I have to you know, go through and, and pick the ones that resonate with me and pick the ones that... Well, I'm going to do it, okay? Remember, go to WTFPod.com. Get yourself a Nerdcock shirt, or perhaps a WTF shirt. Watch some videos. Email us. Follow us on Twitter. And send me some money. This might be it, folks. This might be it. This might be it for me. I might be doing this. So support. It's a listener-supported thing. Do not want to go to a pay side situation. Uh, love doing the show for everybody, uh, no matter whether they pay or not. But you do get that T-shirt if you subscribe, eventually. No, I'm on top of it. I'll send it right away. Thank you for all your support. Go to punchlinemagazine.com for all your uh, comedy necessities in terms of what's going on in the world of comedy. Head over there. And as always, JustCoffee.coop for the good coffee, for the fair trade coffee. You can go to JustCoffee.coop or you can go to WTF Pod and do that thing. That's it. I hope you had a good time. I hope you solved some problems. I hope you were entertained.